in Champions League, won in 2022 by Wydad Casablanca. The Moroccans are the kings of Africa, the best club on the continent. And let the celebrations begin here in Morocco. What an incredible CAF Champions League final we saw. Wydad Casablanca, kings of the continent, 2-0 winners over Al Ahli, who are chasing a three-peat. Welcome to the On the Whistle podcast. I'm pretty pumped, and I'm your host, Zain Nabi. Joining me is an amazing trio. We could call them the three musketeers. Courtney Fries, former Manning Rangers professional, won the PSL in South Africa and played in the CAF Champions League in the Stone Ages. Next to him, we have Francis and Quain, the slickest looking, fastest talking sports media executive you can find. For his sins, he's a Man United fan. And not forgetting the young gun, our cross-platform reporter, Alistair Haworth. Alistair, thank you for joining us on the pod. You know, out of these three, you're my favorite. You do know that? Mm-hmm. That's, that's good to hear. I've been, you know work- I've been working for that accolade. Because <laughs> <laughs> your luscious locks, you know, <laughs> only things that we can dream for as the senior men on here. I don't think, I don't think Courtney's ever had luscious locks. <laughs> Well, I have to keep the luscious locks because I can't grow the beards that you guys can. So I'm, I'm, I'm simply so, compensating. So Zane, let me tell you this, right? Because you brought up the word luscious locks. I used to have an Afro back in the day. Now my Afro, my wife used to plait weekly. So I used to have cornrows. My wife used to plait it into various styles. I used to sleep with the stocking on. Because you must remember... <laughs> If you're having, uh, and Francis will tell you this, this is old school, this. If you're having cornrows, if you're having proper braids put in with your natural hair, you need to wear a stocking at night when you go to bed. Then, Zane, as my hair started to fall out, I used to have the weaving with the cotton wool. It's an unbelievable transformation. All that led me to this wonderful surface dome you see above my eyes. <laughs> Courtney, we have to put this on social media because, you know, seeing is believing. I want to see you with that one. I need evidence. Afro. I, I got to see it. Mm-hmm. I will send the picture. I will send it. I look like I have a microphone above my head. <laughs> Guys, it is so good to be back. And I tell you what, it was Champions League final weekend in many ways. Uh, we saw what happened in Paris around uh, Real Madrid, showing once again why they are unbeatable in Europe when they beat Liverpool. And of course, on Monday night, we had Wydad Casablanca reigning supreme. I would say a game with far more entertainment, a game with higher quality, um, a game where the atmosphere was absolutely cracking. If you're a Wydad Casablanca fan or a neutral like me watching on the screen, um, before I get to the pointed questions, I'm just going to ask you guys flat out, we're around the bride. Give me your opening thoughts and maybe out of respect, because I always take them at Courtney Freeze, you played in this competition, you've played and you have represented Manning Rangers and South Africa in the Champions League. I'd like to give you the mic first today. Firstly, to be part of such a, a, an occasion, Zane, is unbelievable because you, you, you come across a, a various amount of cultures and I can still remember uh, traveling to the Equipe d'Ivoire to play against Asik Momoza. And we lost 3-1 to Asik Momoza in the uh, semi-final stage. But the experience of losing 3-1 to Asik Momoza wasn't great. 
They were a fundamentally great team. They had the Torre brothers part of the, the, the team at that point in time. But the greatness was the next day after the semifinal, where we were training at their club grounds. And we went to look at how the development structure was being implemented into the next group of players coming through. And that's where the wisdom is on the training ground with the youth coaches, with the young players and what they were doing. And I sat there in awe. Now that's what the Champions League is about. The Champions League is about bringing more than just football and educating people. And if I have to look back at a, at a momentous period, yes, we got to the semifinals of the Champions League during that period under a very rudimental manager. But what I saw in the educating of young footballers to be better was the highlight of that period. And what did you think about it being played on a Monday night, Courtney? There is no more African person on this podcast or more African person on the continent than myself. But how on earth do they put such a valuable game that represents Africans on a Monday night and give it the respect it deserves? The Champions League, the CAF Champions League deserved better. This is a weekend game. The game deserved a great social aspect, which it was denied. The game deserved better planning, which it was denied. The game had great supporters, which it was not denied, because people will support football at every level. But I just felt, you look at Fantino, you look at all these supporters, you look at uh, the, the head of CAF, who's sitting in a meeting preparing for the CAF Champions League final is deciding, okay, we need marketing, we need training grounds, we need travel, we need Monday night football. Also on top of that, how do you create that as a venue where the Champions League was placed? That is another problem. Now, if, if we are going to be taken serious on the football stage, we've got to be given more respect here. And putting that game on a Monday night is not what it deserved. Yet, if you look at the capacity crowd, if you look at the TV coverage, there were more people covering that game than the Champions League final. There were more supporters at that game, at the Champions League final. It was also better managed with gates and people getting into the stadium than the Champions League final. Where is the respect we deserve? Why put it on a Monday night? All fair points. I feel like we should probably move on to the football on the pitch. We've touched on it. It was an incredible game. And one that certainly had me on my seats. Alistair, why don't we start with you? Um, tell me about your thoughts of the quality of the game and maybe the players who stood out. Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously the one player that, that stands out is Amutaraji, who scored the, the the brace. And that first goal was absolutely stunning. I mean, goal, goal of the season. You know, the audacity to be taking a shot from, you know, 30 yards out you know, on the turn, just, you know, two steps and just rifles it into the top corner um, was, was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, with, with, with single finals, oftentimes single leg finals, we see games really tight and cagey. Um, and it's kind of, uh, honestly, the quality of the football is really poor, but, you know, this was very clearly, you know, probably the two best teams in Africa going head to head for the biggest title in Africa. Um, and we saw that, you know, Al-Akhli had loads of great chances, you know, 
Ali Malou's corners were superb. They should have scored a couple off that. You know, Percy Tao almost had that one one on one um, where Tagnoti had to come out of his box. And, you know, Mohamed Sharif had a golden chance right towards the end. So the football itself, I think, for me was really, really good. And I think, uh, you know, a lot better than we, we even anticipated on, when we were previewing it on our Twitter spaces. You know, we were talking about how the occasion would be the what, what was the focus and, and the energy and atmosphere. And it was. Um, but I have to say, of the two teams, Widad rode that energy. You know, Al-Ahli looked like they were shook which makes sense, you know, you're playing in front of 30, 30, 40,000 Widad fans baying for blood, you know, it's not, not an easy atmosphere. Um, and, and the fans played their part, you know, when the game kicked off, Al-Ahli, every time an Al-Ahli player had the ball, the whole stadium was whistling, couldn't hear a thing. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is amazing. But it's only going to last five minutes. Little did I know, even in the 90th minute, every time an Al-Ahli player touched the ball, the whole stadium is whistling it's even louder than when the Widad team has the ball um so I think the the quality on the pitch and you know in the stands was, was simply sensational I have to say a great great game I don't think any of us can com- compete or compare with Alistair's ability to analyze games um so for me I want to speak almost philosophically um I enjoyed the game full stop I've actually bizarre one of the few games I've watched like three times because I've been really fascinated by Pizzo, the man, Pizzo, the coach. And there was a part of me that wanted to understand what exactly happened. I know he had a lot of injuries and and all of that. And there was this part of me that did not want it to be the case. It might sound wrong that one club just wins all the time. Three years in a row for Lali, I think would have smelt wrong it would have felt like there really isn't a competition and something that's supposed to be competitive so part of me liked the result uh my fascination was with the quality of the game and i think the score uh belies the reality of just how competitive a depleted alali actually was they had some really key players absent but the style of play and that's where, like, I may sound like I am um, waxing lyrical about somebody we've already professed to like, but I'm a Manchester United supporter. And when you talk about recognizing teams having identity, in this Alali, you saw the team, in spite of the change in personnel, playing to a particular style. And you get this feeling that only a coach or management is able to indoctrinate style and philosophy into a set of players where when you change personnel, style doesn't suffer. They played their, I say, the Al-Ali way. And it was really, really enjoyable to see and to witness. And it led me to think that a person like Peter must be given the opportunity somewhere else at some point in time, because this is proof, if ever proof were needed, that he has a philosophy that he can pass on to players. And so I watched the game slightly with different eyes. Um, very entertaining, very, very open football. I think the fact that um, we had scored, dare I say early, I think it was at the 17th minute or something like that. They had a very early attempt on maybe around the ninth or the 10th minute, but then not long after that, they then also scored their goal. And I think it took something out of Alali at that point in time. And like Alistair was talking about the way the crowd was, I think the players maybe struggled, but they stayed true to the philosophy that informs their style of play. And I liked that. And to that end, I would love to commend the person who is also 
part of our bra and and tell him chin up and hopefully uh he's back in the finals again um maybe with a different team <laughs> alma taraji is somebody that absolutely performed brilliantly um i think um benza maybe not the best game for him but certainly impressive with his touches um Tao, um had the opportunity to maybe make it 2-1 near the end oh actually two wonderful chances and i was like come on are they going to do a real madrid just find a way to eat this out and do something brilliantly well forget real madrid i'm not going to compare them to that do an al ahli because this is what they do they just win right um so i guess when we look at these teams and when we look at players who could move and get uh, get moves to europe or, or other parts of the world like uh, north america with the mls um or, or some of the other leagues um that are lucrative the middle east i think about um when you look at that team um alistair who are some of the guys who you think could move do you think mbenza for example could return to um his club in europe yeah i think you know mbenza's had an excellent season you know beyond this game i think he was good this game he showed what he can do you know i saw someone tweeting that he's he's a buffalo you know he's strong he's he's powerful but you know he showed his quality and he almost got an excellent goal early on when he hit the hit the crossbar so i think i think uh, i think he he was superb but i think you know looking at the alali squad you know there's a number of players who who you you look and you think that they're going to get big moves i think for me the biggest one is probably aliu jeng in the heart of that midfield man that guy counts for two or three at at least when he's playing you know his energy um his capacity to win the ball and then progress it and and i think one part of his game that you know we saw last night um but which is underrated is his quality you know that that double chance that alahli had right at the end where they had the goal line save and then sherry you know hit over was was it was him picking up you know an almost you know trent alexander arnold cross from deep whipping it in um and you know i've seen reports that he's linked with some clubs like galatasaray um and things like that and he's been linked for, with moves to Europe for a while um but i think he's the big one you know such such a complete midfielder and you know if he leaves the continent that's that's our loss it's al-athlete's loss but he is he is an excellent player and he will he will do well wherever he goes we know that al-ali um in egypt they um paused the league so that they could prep for this competition they could be in contention to win it so they had laser focus on it there are a few games in hand um and you know they're not sitting um at the top of the table in Egypt do you think now the ultimatum for pizza would be win the league or maybe um somebody like uh, bibo who uh, mohammed al khatib could be thinking about his options of a new coach of course let me for the record state i don't think that needs to happen i think pizza's done enough two champions leagues and incredible success to stay but at a club like al ahli um where you know they expect to win they're the gold standard do you think al khatib could be thinking about maybe um having a change at the helm i mean it, it's crazy for us who are you know not watching al ahli week in week out you know in in the egyptian premier league to be hearing that this guy has come in one new back to back champions leagues you know for and and one you know the egyptian league ones the, the egyptian cup got you know got to the club world cup performed brilliantly against bayern and then really unlucky you know because of scheduling issues essentially to get knocked out by palmeiras in the this season that he might be sacked but i think that that's the reality you know alakhli i think that he has a lot of critics pizzo you know in in egypt you know first and foremost i think we shouldn't beat around the bush i think 
in part because he's, you know, a guy coming from South Africa, he's a black coach. And, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, pushback against that in, in Egypt, not to Pizzo himself, but, you know, we've talked about why he's, he's significant and he's significant for a reason, you know, because he's breaking those barriers, he's breaking those ceilings. And so inevitably he's going to have more critics than not. Um, and, and, and he's proven those critics wrong time and time again. So I think that's, you know, first of all, he's, He's under a lot of pressure as the foreign coach, the one who's coming from the outside, the one who's coming from South Africa. But I think there's also big criticism in Egypt of the style of football. You know, I, I like to think of, of Pizzo. He's kind of like Jose Mourinho in my mind. You know, he, he doesn't play beautiful football. You know, he's not the most exciting coach in terms of the quality of football. And we even saw that in Sundowns, but he's a winner. You know, we saw some, after he left Sundowns, the goals started coming. You know, they're a far more attacking team. And yet they haven't won the Champions League, which 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 he won with them. And so I think when when that style of football doesn't work, when you don't win, you know, and, and not winning is pretty harsh to say when you got to a Champions League final, the pressure is on. And, and I do think that if Pizza doesn't, you know, if they win all their games at hand, I think they'll go top. But, you know, I think it's four or five games. And so if he doesn't turn it around in the in the Premier League, because remember, they, they didn't they came second as well last season. So they like, mm. if, if they do that again. I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see him. You know, he's he's already, I think, the third longest serving manager in Al-Akhdi's history, um, you know, which is, you know, crazy. But, you know, that's just what the, that club is like. You know, they, they, they are savage. Uh, you know, the pressure is immense. And especially for people coming from abroad um, and coming from sub-Saharan Africa, that, that, you know, the standards have to be perfect and nothing else will be good enough. And so I do think that if he doesn't turn it around, if he doesn't win the league, I, I, I think he will be sacked. I think that'll be it, which would be shocking. But, you know, it's that's 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 how football is in Al-Akhli, I think. Absolutely. I mean, certainly is a um, very um, high stakes business. Um, we were talking about Pizzo. I think it's only right we give Walid Regragui his um, plaudits, an amazing success, uh, a young coach doing brilliant things at Wilad. Um, Alistair, you know, what kind of a future do you expect from him? I think um, not getting too carried away, but, you know, a young coach who offers the game an incredible amount. The only way is up for him. And that's that's hard to say when he's just won a Champions League final. But, the, you know, he 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 was at Futrabat for a long time, won the Throne Cup, I think won the Batola Pro as well, um, with, you know, a very mid-table Moroccan team, goes to Qatar, wins the Stars League with Al Dehail, comes back. And now in his first ever season as a kind of almost like a rookie coach, you know, he, he's won the Champions League on course to win the Batola Pro. And still, if they beat Raja in the quarterfinals, on course to winning the, the, the Throne Cup as well. You know, imagine you walk into your first job back into your home country and, and you win a treble. You know, that is just sensational. And I think there's a lot of talk as in he's the kind of heir heir apparent to the Moroccan national team once eventually uh, Halod Zizic um, ends up leaving eventually. Uh, he's the one and, you know, fair play to him because he's excellent. You know, he he did his coaching badges with Pizzo. They know each other well. You know, they're, they're rivals, but, you know, there's a lot of mutual respect. And because, you know, game recognizes game, you know, this guy is, he's a top, top coach. And, you know, we talked about, you know, Courtney talking about his tactical flexibility and, you know, his game intelligence and, and things like that. And, and, but even the small details, you know, in his press conference before the match, he mentioned that he took the guys for a week out of Casablanca, you know, and, and gave them a training camp away from the city because, 
he knew the pressure would be mad. He knew everything would be on top of these players. And he even, he said he tried to get, take away their phones. He said he didn't succeed, um, but, uh, but he said he tried to take away their phones because he, cause he, he wanted them to be disconnected. And I think that those are the touches that makes a good coach, a great manager, you know, someone who can turn the philosophies, you know, and bring them onto the pitch and get the players to believe in him. So, I mean, again, we dads like at Al-Akhli, you know, this is a club that chops and changes every year. So, you know, the instant the standards drop, he's out. Um, but at the moment, it's, it's only going up. Perfect, guys. I think the pod is fast coming to an end. But before we do that, we focused on the CAF Champions League. Um, of course, the UEFA Champions League final took place. Um, Francis, I mean, it'd be great to get your perspective um, we got someone like Sadio Mane, who potentially is leaving to go to Bayern Munich. Of course, Courtney, you're the Liverpool man, so come in here. Yeah. My word, what must it be to feel like Mohamed Salah um, lost in an AFCON final, lost in a Champions League final, your team lost in their qualification quest to get to the World Cup and second in the Premier League. What a painful season it's been for him, a, se- a season of so close yet so far. And then when you look at Karim Benzema, um, who is French, but of Algerian descent and ancestry, um, an incredible season as he looks on course to win the Ballon d'Or. And we will celebrate him because of his roots um, to, to North Africa. Um, so certainly Africans all strewn across that final playing crucial roles. Yes, um, I think it's, it's most befitting that uh, the players we're talking about right now are great ambassadors for our continent and for our game. Um, I think it's undisputable, uh, indisputable, I should say, that uh, we have the talent, we've always had the talent. But what is almost extra beautiful is the fact that maybe the two contenders this year uh, for the Ballon d'Or maybe be, uh, there are many contenders, but the two top ones are present could be sons of Africa or are sons of Africa. To think that again, we're still saying since George Weah, we haven't had uh, an African son win this is quite sad, Um, but that hopefully will change uh, sometime soon. I think if Mane had maybe won, he would have given himself uh, a better chance. I think it's also said that it's an either or because I think what Benzema has been able to do through the years at Real Madrid, he's one of those underrated players, no more so than than Mane, who I still find strange that um, a lot of Liverpool fans think is more disposable than others, um, because what he brings to football is more than goals. He's an absolutely phenomenal football player, um, who has also adapted to different roles. And that's what I love about him. It's like he always has his hand up, like marking present. Big occasion, small occasion, he's always present. He doesn't disappear. And even then, during the Champions League finals, we saw him that little one-two turnaround whack ball he, he did. And I was on a, a couple of forums with, with like WhatsApp forums, which we all are on. And I remember seeing some supporters entre parenthèses um, saying, oh, he went missing from the game. And I was thinking, are you serious? It's like, Kuto had a phenomenal game. But to say um, Mane is surplus to requirements in Liverpool, I think would be unfair. 
And so for me, if he leaves the English shores, it would be a great loss, but he would be leaving having proven himself if he ever had to, uh, that he is really one of the greats. And the fact that the sort of teams that are being mentioned as being interested in him are not Mickey Mouse clubs. So he's not going because he is not good enough for Liverpool. Technically, the teams looking at him are better, if one may say so. You're, you're on thin ice with Courtney, I think, saying that, that Liverpool is a small club compared to some of these others. <laughs> well, well, you know, in the last how many years, you know, does it take Liverpool to win a league? Bayern Munich are contenders all the time, every time. They're in Europe. They're a team that can win. Um, we've baited you enough, Courtney. It's time to come out the gates fighting. It's come out, time know, to come I'm, out I'm not being disrespectful to my... Brother, he knows I have a lot of respect for Liverpool. I, um, Liverpool have more history than they do present. I would love Sadio <laughs> Mane to go. I would love him to go. And I'll tell you why. Sadio Mane, let's forget football. Sadio Mane is a phenomenal human being. There's your first point. Sadio Mane is a person who has humanitarian written on his sleeves and his heart. Number one. Sadio Mane has done enough for my club and represented my club with dignity that I would be happy if he's decided, if he's decided that he has fulfilled his potential at the club and wants a different experience. I have no problem with him leaving. He's an unbelievable player. Wherever he goes, he'll be a giant, Sadio Mane. Not just because of the footballer, because of the individual he is and what he transmits through the club. You can see Sadio Mane, not just being a footballer, but I'm sure you've seen the videos getting off the bus, helping the kit man move kids into the clubhouse. You've seen this happen. This is the individual that we as Liverpool people have had for six years at our club and are grateful to have. I have no problem with Sadio Mane leaving. If he decided that he wants to walk away from our project, very happy for him. He's done his job. He's done it better than most people with a lot more respect. And I have respect for him deciding to go. Wherever he goes, I'll still support him. I have no issue with that. And this is the point to say, Francis, thank you. Courtney, thank you. Alistair, thank you. It's been a wonderful addition of the pod to sit here and be with you. Now, guys, this is our bride. We love you around it. Please hit us up on our social media accounts, OTW underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on YouTube and Facebook on The Whistle Podcast. And if you'd like to find any of us on uh, on, on social media, you can find us. I'm just going to shout out Courtney. If you want to go spirit underscore cup on Twitter, that's spirit underscore cup. Um, please um, give it a follow. And um, I'm sure he'd, he'd, he'd love to build that <laughs> profile. Um <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm such Come a dad. On. I laugh at my own jokes. You know, I I, I need so. to find. You know what, Zane? I I I need to find the coach that gave me that bloody trophy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what, guys. One of the things I wanted to do this summer is organize a five-a-side tournament. So, for those of you listening out there, if you would like to play, because we have a five-a-side now, uh, we have Francis, we have Courtney, you have me. I'm not very good. We have Alistair, and we've got Ahmed, who's not with us today. If you'd like to play us in a five-a-side, why don't you let us know? 
We'll see if we get some teams together, see if we can organize a tournament. Um, we would be known as the African All-Stars. Does that have a nice ring to it? Sounds good. You know? Just no coordinates. Uh, all riding on you. <laughs> You're as, long as, bro. Allowed, as long as we're allowed to, to, you know, take a ciggy break. Yeah, we're, we're, a, class, <laughs> we're, a, class, we're a classy team. Keep it compact. <laughs> Keep the distances between defense and front line tight. I'm expecting Courtney to be bringing his like his clipboard. His he'll be yelling at us. Uh, yes, coach. <laughs> Guys, honestly, the pod's been amazing. For those of you listening out there, find us on social media. And if you've come this far, honestly, leave a rating, leave a review. It helps people find the show. And of course, for us to hear your thoughts and bring them onto the pod. All the best. Um, vie for now. And um, as per normal, thank you guys for joining me. This has been one fun ride.